Hey there, Braves fans. Welcome to another edition of State of the Braves. I'm your host, George McNair. It is great to be back with you guys. Uh, it's actually been a little while. I took a week off. I was out of town, so uh, wasn't able to watch uh, as many games uh, live as I would like or full games. So uh, just kind of trying to stick with the team during that time, but glad to be back with you guys and uh, start really diving back into the Braves and the season thus far. And man, I was ready to come in here today and talk about how bad uh, the Braves outfield is. And we're actually, we are going to still talk about that, but some huge news for the Braves um, broke this morning uh, with uh, Michael Harris, the top prospect for the Braves, center fielder being called up from AA Mississippi uh, to join the Braves. And this really changes, I think, their outlook. Um, going forward of course uh, what really will change that is if Harris comes up and plays well but there is no question that the biggest weakness on this Braves team right now has been the outfield in general and particularly uh, not having a true center fielder uh, out there defensively Adam Duvall has has played pretty well uh, but on the offensive side of the ball has has struggled mightily so having Harris in there um, young guy, true center fielder who can play the position defensively and hopefully give you a lot offensively as well is going to be pretty huge. Um, you guys might remember as this offseason was going, um, you know, the Braves did several things this offseason that I would have done differently. Um, I'm still a fan of Alex Anthopoulos. I think he's, you know, one of the best in the game. Obviously, uh, he has a lot to do with the Braves winning the World Series last year, so it's hard to be too uh, too negative on negative on Anthopolis, but nonetheless, some of the some of his decisions this offseason, I would have gone a different way. I would have resigned Freddie Freeman, and I would have used some of those prospects that they went out and got Matt Olson to try to target a center fielder to start the year. But I think um, you know, reading into what has happened and kind of how he's played this, I think Anthopolis was such a big believer in Michael Harris that he was simply. Um, waiting for him to be ready. And he was probably also hoping that um, he would have gotten a little better play from the current Braves outfield than he did. Ronald Acuna not being uh, able to come back immediately. Uh, certainly, um, you know, this back and forth of him being sidelined for a few days with various leg strains and that sort of thing has, I think, complicated uh, the weakness that the Braves have in the outfield. Uh, but I really think Anthopoulos did not want to make a move uh, to trade for a center fielder because he believes so much in Michael Harris. So hopefully that belief is going to play out and um, and he will be proven right there. I'm a I'm a big believer in Harris too. I think he's really good. Um, you know, left-handed bat uh, who has some power. His power hasn't played um, too much in the minors yet, uh, except. For his last 20 games or so, it's really started to show up. But he is a all-around hitter and uh, an all-around talent. He can steal bases. He can get on base. Um, he can play a true center field. Uh, he's young. He's only 21 years old. Uh, and so in many ways, not many people were predicting Harris would be called up this year. But um, not to pat myself on the back too much, but this was one of my uh, preseason predictions that we would see Harris mid-season. I mean, even even this timetable is a little early than what I thought would happen. 
but I knew that the Braves were big believers in him, and I just saw the need. You know, they did not go out and address this very obvious need in the outfield in the offseason. And so you start looking at both internal options and options throughout baseball. Going out and getting a really good true center fielder is very expensive to do. Uh, and so, you know, with Harris having success early on in triple or in, in double A, uh, it does make a lot of sense that the Braves would go here. So, um, you know, very excited. I'm, I'm super excited to watch the game tonight uh, as the Braves are going to go against the Marlins and Harris will make his debut, I have no doubt, in center field. Um, and so I, f- first I want to really dive into the need. The need is kind of obvious, uh, even if you haven't been following the Braves too much this year. They really have had maybe the worst outfield in all of baseball. Um, you wouldn't necessarily have thought that it would be that bad uh, with some of the guys that they were bringing back, right? You're bringing back Marcelo Zuna. You're, you're bringing back Adam Duvall. These guys have a track record of being pretty good hitters, especially in the power uh, realm. But let me just go into what the Braves outfielders have done so far this season, and it's going to be it's going to be pretty stark. It is not a pretty picture. Uh, so let's start with Duvall. Now, again, I want to give him a lot of credit. Duvall playing center field. I don't know, you know, how to judge how much more impact mentally and physically playing center field has on a guy versus um, the corner outfield spot. But Duvall is a true corner outfielder. I, and that was one of my arguments, too, going into the season of getting a true center fielder is, you know, I don't like when guys have to play outside of their comfort zone. Uh, Duvall is a gold glove corner outfielder. And truly, he has defensively done a great job in center field. But you just don't know fully the impact that's having on his offense. So let's look at his offensive numbers. Um, Not pretty. Not a pretty picture here. So his batting average thus far, um, Duvall is is batting 191, has a 191 batting average, a 263 on-base percentage, and only a 274 slugging percentage. That is maybe the most... um, that's the ugliest number of all of those because Duvall is a power hitter and he's simply not hitting for any power, only two home runs this year. And uh, his wins above replacement already is a negative 0.7. Uh, so he has been, a, a quite honestly, just a very bad offensive player this year so far. And again, that's probably with pretty good defensive uh, numbers for him. Uh, so... You know, Duvall, you you think, get him back to a corner outfield spot. Let's see if this helps light him uh, up, maybe gives, you know, re-energizes him a little bit, and we start getting a better version of Adam Duvall. Uh, Travis Demerit. So remember Travis Demerit, you know, he comes up. He's not a highly touted prospect or anything, but uh, he played really well in his first, um, you know, 10 or 15 games uh, in the big leagues, and then he just has fallen off a cliff. He had this huge zero for 33 streak that he finally was able to break through yesterday with an RBI hit, but uh, he just has not been uh, good at all offensively over the last couple weeks. Um, So he is batting 213 with a 260 on base percentage and a 337 slugging. uh, And that is good for a uh, negative 0.5 wins above replacement. Um, 
So you're going to see a theme here with all these guys. It's it's hard to find a positive wins above replacement player <laughs> uh, that plays for the Braves in the outfield. Okay, so the next, Marcelo Zuna. So, you know, again, you guys know I'm, I'm no big fan of Ozuna. I really wanted the Braves to dump Ozuna and just kind of move on. And, and that would have um, proven to be, you know, honestly, even if he'd come out and played well, I just didn't want Ozuna on the team, you know, with everything that he went through and, and did. And I don't want to rehash that. But uh, but nonetheless, he has not been good. Now, he's been a little better as of late. Um, but the numbers still prove it out. He's just not been good, when, and especially in, when you are primarily a DH. You better hit well. And so his his line is 226 on base – or sorry, 226 batting average, 265 on base percentage, and only a 390 slugging. Uh, and that is good for a – 0.6 negative, a negative 0.6 wins above replacement. Now, some of that too is uh, his his poor defense kind of plays into those negative wins above replacement numbers. It might be a little better otherwise, but he has just not been very good. I, he has looked better lately. I do want to mention that, and so I I could see him uh, kind of turning things around soon and kind of you know getting back now. And this is another benefit of Michael Harris showing up is. Ozuna can just be a DH, uh, and and that's really what he should be. And and in 2020, when he was only a DH for the Braves, you know he had that great run offensively. So you know I'm I'm hopeful that that might be the case. All right, Guillermo Heredia, you know he he will play occasionally. He'll get a spot start in center field. Um, you know, maybe the best. Um, in some ways, I think Duvall might still be a better center fielder than him, but but Heredia is very capable of playing center field. But man, he has not hit at all this year. Um, these are horrendous numbers. So uh, a 103 batting average with a 186 on base percentage and a 282 slugging. He has hit two home runs. It's kind of the only two positive things he's done offensively this year. Um, good for a Negative 0.1 wins above replacement. Again, maybe his uh, defense is bolstering him a little bit, but he also hasn't had many at-bats or opportunities offensively. Um, and it seems like every time up, he strikes out. I think he's striking out about 60% of the time, which is just ridiculous. Um, all right, Orlando Arcia. Now, this is one of the few bright spots for the Braves, except he's not really an outfielder. Every time you see him in left field, you're wondering, is he going to be able to catch the ball? He takes really bad routes. I don't even know the defensive metrics on him, but it has to be really bad. So really, um, he's in the game for his offense, right? Um, so he has been pretty good offensively. A 318 batting average, a 392 on base, and a 477 slugging percentage. This is good for a, hey, we're in the positive, a 0.1 win above replacement. Uh, for Arcia, and again, those numbers are probably dragged down a little bit by his terrible defense. Um, none of these guys, um, let's not say none, but nobody that the Braves are putting in left is really giving them any kind of defense right now. So you have these terrible offensive numbers for the most part, um, and really bad defense. And then with Arcia, you're finally getting some decent offense, but uh, maybe the worst of the worst defensively. All right, and, you know, just want to mention Eddie Rosario. When he was uh, in there for the Braves, he played terribly, and then you find out, you know, he the guy can't see, so he had to have eye surgery and will be coming back around the All-Star break and obviously very hopeful that he will return 
as the old Eddie Rosario, and that would be a huge lift, obviously, also for this outfield. So don't forget about Eddie. Now, finally, we get down to Ronald Acuna. Now, obviously, Acuna is so much better. I mean, he might be the best outfielder in the game, and when you uh, combine that with the poor performance that the Braves have had in the outfield, you start to understand how hugely important he is to getting back out there every day. He's just been back and forth with these little nagging leg injuries as his legs get back into shape. But I'm really hoping he pinch. He had a huge pinch hit double last night that put the Braves back on top. Braves end up winning that game. And I'm very hopeful that that might be a sign that he's pretty much ready to go again. And maybe this time uh, he will not be sidelined again with another injury. So Acuna in, in pretty limited action has been his regularly awesome self. Uh, batting 303 with a 407 on base percentage, 470 slugging, which is actually a little low for him. He's only hit two home runs since he's been back. Um, but even with that, um, in limited action, a 0.8 wins above replacement, which is really impressive. Um, almost already one full win, and he just hasn't even been out there much. And you can, you know, you just compare that to what the rest of the Braves players in the outfield have done is pretty stark. So you begin to understand the need. The need is so great for the Braves to get somebody out, somebody else in the outfield who can do something defensively and obviously offensively. So Michael Harris uh, in double a this year, he's played all games this year in double a he's hit three Oh five with a three seventy two on base percentage and a five Oh six slugging a lot of doubles, Five home runs, two triples. Uh, the guy can steal bases. He's, ar he's already in double digits and stolen bases at Double A as well. So you know, yeah, Double A is not the major leagues. You, you can't expect him to continue those exact numbers in the big leagues, but he's certainly capable offensively. And again, I think just the benefit of getting him out there in center field, sliding Duvall back into his, you know, his comfortable spot in the left, and then hopefully getting Ronald back in right field on a mostly everyday basis. It just totally changes the outlook for this team and what the outfield looks like. Now, I've also heard, you know, before Harris was called up this morning, a lot of voices saying that Drew Waters should be the guy to get the call. Now, if you don't know who Drew Waters is, I've mentioned him a couple of times on this podcast. He is the Braves' number three prospect, um, also a incredibly talented outfield prospect who can play center field and probably is a true center fielder also. So in a lot of ways, Harris and Waters are pretty similar. Uh, Harris bats left. Waters actually is a switch hitter. Uh, so maybe a, a positive for him there. Um, but, you know, let's let's dive into this. Why Harris over Waters? And and honestly, this is, you know, I, I wanted Harris over Drew Waters. Um not saying that I don't like Waters, but I think Harris, even though he was in double A with Waters being in triple A, it just seemed like Harris was more ready for the big leagues. So Harris has only played 43 games above single A. And so you might think, well, how is he ready for the big leagues? He has shown really well in uh, two spring trainings with the Braves. But just generally speaking, Harris seems to be a more complete hitter than Drew Waters. You know, uh, every prospect is kind of graded on their different tools. You know, you, you hear a guy is a five-tool player, and Harris really is a five-tool player. Waters' only question mark is his hit tool. 
Uh, so you can generally think of tools being graded. They're graded 20 through 80 and a 50 is average to slightly above average. Um, Harris's hit tool is at a 55. So, you know, pretty solid, pretty solid. Maybe not elite, but really good. Drew Waters is at a 45, which is not terrible. But what that means is there's more swing and miss in Waters' game. He does have power, um, but he's going to uh, go through these seasons of, um, you know, struggling to put the bat on the ball. And that has been his problem throughout his minor leagues. You know, the, the question is, can he improve that enough uh, to get to the bigs and be, you know, put all of his other tools in place? So Harris doesn't really have that kind of question mark. Waters has had the strikeout problem kind of wherever he's been. And he can go through periods where he looks like, I mean, he is the best player on the field, um, you know, with a lot of power, switch hitter, all those things. Uh, but he can also go through periods where, you know, he, he strikes out a ton and, you know, is hitting, you know, 200 or less for, for a month. So Waters is basically still developing. The other thing that has hurt Drew Waters is he's, uh, his development has been stunted by several injuries and not anything major, but a lot of little nagging injuries. And the one that was more recent is uh, a few days into spring training this year. He pulled his hamstring. He gets sidelined for basically all of spring training. And then he, he gets sent back to AAA and you know kind of starts from scratch again. So that's just kind of an example of Waters not really being able to do what uh, Harris did this year and be on the field enough to continue to improve and show that he is ready for the big leagues. So I, I am still, you know, I still really like Drew Waters. I do think he could uh, still show up in the big leagues later this season, depending on the Braves needs and how, how he does. Um, I actually got to see Drew Waters when he was in low A Danville um, for a game, him and actually, um, William Contreras were, were on that team together. And those two were obviously the best players on the field. Even back then, Braves fans, you might remember Kevin Maiton. Um, the Braves lost him. He was like a big, big top prospect, uh, for a while. I don't even know if he's still in the bigs. He, he did not pan out. Uh, the Braves lost him in that, uh, John Coppolella scandal. Um, several years ago. So I actually went to Danville to see him. I was very interested in, and he did not wow me. And, but Drew Waters and William Contreras, I still remember to this day, were by far um, the most impressive two guys. So I really do like Waters. I think he's he's capable of being a big-time player for the Braves moving forward. I just don't think he's quite ready yet. Um, and it's pretty exciting that the Braves think Harris might be. Now, with that being said, I don't think the Braves make this move if the need wasn't so obvious. I mean, the need is just so great for the Braves right now, and you just hope that uh, Harris is ready and this doesn't, for some reason, you know, put him back or that he has too many struggles where the Braves have to send him back to, to the minors. Uh, but, you know, a lot of top prospects do skip triple-A or spend very little time in triple-A. So this is not all that uh, rare, and it's another reason why I felt like Michael Harris might get the call before Waters. It's it's um, it's honestly kind of, uh, especially maybe within the Brave system, it's kind of common. Spencer Strider is a recent example of that. Austin Riley didn't spend many, many days in triple-A. 
Uh, Ronald Acuna didn't spend many days in AAA. I mean, even if you go back, uh, Freddie Freeman and all those guys. Uh, so when when you have a really talented player who's proven themselves, uh, AA can often be uh, the launching pad to the big leagues. All right, so you know the just the timing of all this, and like I said, guys, I'm I'm excited about this. I think it's clearly. Uh, going to impact the Braves in a lot of positive ways as long as Harris uh, can perform reasonably well. And I can't imagine him performing worse than uh, than what has happened so far this season in the outfield. You know, now is the time. If you look at the Braves schedule, the Braves broadcast team has brought, that up, brought this up many times, but uh, the Braves have their next 21 games against teams with sub-500 Records. They're currently. It actually was a total of 29, so they're within this, um, you know, sub 500 stretch um, right now. So they're five and three uh, currently in that stretch, and um, yeah, 21 games still to go. Two to go with the Marlins. Uh, they won their first one, uh, thankfully, last night. So you know, now's the time to uh, get as healthy as possible. Uh, get your team in a in the best situation uh, for success in this stretch, uh, really kind of before mid mid June and kind of getting into the All Star break. You know, help is on the way. I just want to remind you guys, help is on the way for the Braves after the All Star break of all things break right. And of course, these things can change. But if you can imagine the Braves as they are right now, adding Eddie Rosario back adding Mike Soroka back to uh, to the uh, rotation, adding Tyler Matzik back to the bullpen, and getting Kirby Yates uh, into the bullpen as well. These are additions that are big-time additions, not little small additions. So, you know, those things hopefully will happen. Uh, I don't foresee any, any problem with getting Rosario back, uh, you know, when all heals well for him. You might have seen, if you watched the game last night, both Soroka and Tyler Matzik were in the booth for a long period of time. They kind of did that um, uh, Braves and the Bleachers broadcast, which is kind of cool when they do that over at the Chop House. And Soroka and Matzik spent multiple innings with those guys. And it was very encouraging uh, to hear from those guys. Soroka particularly seemed, you know, he's not going to say, yes, I'll definitely be back on this date. But he just seems very encouraged by, by everything. Things, things seem to be moving in that direction really well and so i love soroka he's really my favorite pitcher on the braves team i've you know hated all the that he's had to go through so man that would be such a boost but you know the braves have to get there if if the braves to me if they are a few games or more obviously over 500 um by the all-star break um then they're in position even if they're you know even if the mets are pulling away at that point and the braves can't get that division crown at least the Braves are in a position to get a playoff spot and you know have a a good post all-star break run you know kind of like they did last year I mean I absolutely can foresee that happening um, but they got to get there you know and they they need a, a good uh, stretch of what would it be about 30 games or so um, 30 to 40 games and and get into that position where they're feeling good about themselves they haven't buried themselves and you know the Mets could fall apart as the Mets do tend to do so you know I'm, I'm not saying that can't happen but but now is really the time uh, to make the move and I think the Braves see that and I think that's one reason why Michael Harris is getting called up now 
the Braves did have an encouraging six to four win over the Marlins last night. Um, Acuna coming in and having a big pinch hit uh, double, and then um, Albies had a, a bloop uh, double as well that put the Braves on top for good. So it was a really encouraging, uh, good win for them. Uh, that you know they actually lost the lead at one point, and that that could have been a, a bad loss on the on the other end of things if it hadn't gone well. Um, but yeah, I mean, I am again very encouraged by this move. Acuna, adding Acuna and Harris back into the outfield totally changes this team. It makes what has been clearly their biggest weakness maybe uh, a, a pretty big strength for them. And you also wonder the impact of, on Adam Duvall. Uh, maybe it totally changes his season. And even Ozuna being able to just sit him as a DH, let him be the DH, and that's it. You wonder if that has any impact on his performance as well. So tonight's matchup uh, is pretty challenging for the Braves. Not super favorable. Uh, Sandy Alcantara, one of actually the best young pitchers in the bigs, is going for the Marlins tonight against Tucker Davidson, who's had some struggles uh, since coming up. But Davidson is uh, capable of maybe giving you five scoreless innings, keeping you in the game. But the Braves need to get to, to Alcantara to have a, have a chance in this one. Um, but maybe having having Harris come up will will give them some emotional lift. And if they can take this game, the Braves have a really favorable matchup tomorrow as, uh, as Freed will go. Uh, and maybe they could even sweep this series and get back to 500. Uh, they go on the road after that to uh, Arizona and Colorado. And again, games that really the Braves need to start winning these series and getting on a better positive role. Uh, all right, Braves fans, I'm I'm encouraged. I can see some things, you know, starting to turn. Even before the Harris thing, some of the some of the guys on the team are playing better. Dansby Swanson has been really good. Um, there are a, a few little signs that Matt Olson is finally coming out of his uh, prolonged slump. Austin Riley has been better as of late. Uh, so these things are encouraging, and um, yeah, we'll see how it goes. But it ought to be fun watching uh, watching Harris put on that Braves uniform, and hopefully watching Ronald Acuna back out there as well. All right, guys. Well, uh, it's been good to be back with you guys. I'm going to try to be more uh, a little more consistent being with you uh, over the summer months. So I'm looking forward to that. Hey, be sure to follow and rate me on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. I really do appreciate you guys and your support and your listening. Hope you have enjoyed this episode, and I will talk to you again soon.